Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. Absolutely love the community that happens here. Some pastors get frustrated because they be like, I can't get the people to stop talking. And I'm like, that's a good problem to have. You go to some churches, they don't nobody talk. Amen? Be like, go greet somebody. <laughs> hey. Well, I'm glad y'all, y'all like each other enough to talk. Amen? All right. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready for the word. If you ready for the word this morning, we'll try that again. Are you ready for the word this morning? I am ready for the word. I feel like I've been in preaching retirement. It's only been, what, three weeks? <laughs> I'm telling y'all something. Three weeks is a long time for a preacher. Come on, somebody. You just, you just be, especially when you're in the room and you hear other people preaching, you'll be like, oh, oh can I just, just give me the mic, pass me the mic, coach? No. Um, so I'm excited to, to bring the word this morning, and I feel like God has given me a word um, that I believe is in, in season, in time. It goes along with our Christ Christmas. Uh, I'm not going to try to say that a thousand times, just telling you, because I'm going to mess up. But it goes along with our, our message series, and so um, I also believe there's an uh, I felt strongly in my heart, and this, I felt this even last week very heavy, uh, just an encouraging word. Amen? Anybody need some encouragement? Amen. I felt in my heart there was a word of encouragement in the house today, and, um, and so I believe the Lord wants to speak to us from that place. I can use some encouragement. Friday was uh, was one of them days at my job. <laughs> I was like, oh, y'all better be glad I'm saved. Sanctified. Holy Ghost filled. Foul baptized. Come on, smile. Y'all know nothing about that. Y'all looking at me like, what? what is he talking about? That's, that's black people's day, okay? <laughs> um, so um, I, I, just want, I just want to share a word today, and I believe God's got something to say to us. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read verses 26 through 30. Luke 1, 26 through 30. And um, I'm excited to share the word of God. It's gonna, I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Uh, yours might read different from mine, but we're still tracking. Verse 26, 27 says this, during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl, somebody say unmarried, married girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, 
Beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. Uh, some churches, they would have just took off shouting after that word, amen? We're flipping over the pews, throwing hankies, throwing babies, everything. The angel of the Lord said, I'm greatly favored. Come on, you know, and then we add stuff to that. Greatly favored, get a new car, get a new house. Wow, I claim it. Y'all, y'all don't want to, y'all don't want to be real with me this morning. He said, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favor. But Mary's response was not like some of our church's responses. She was deeply troubled. My Lord. I'm going to pause for a second and say sometimes that favor in your life may not be something you rejoice over initially. I ain't preaching that, but she was deeply troubled. I question if you always have a word from the Lord that don't trouble you. Every word excites you. It may not be from God. That's another message series, though. <laughs> Come on. She was deeply troubled. Somebody said deeply troubled. Over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel assured her, saying, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise, somebody say surprise, surprise, surprise you with a wonderful gift. Amen? This month we've been discussing uh, Christmas and we're going to continue that today. Amen? Ooh. That was nasty. Wow. My Lord, that was gross. <laughs> Ain't none of y'all gonna shake my hand after church. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for what you're gonna say this morning. Pray to you and speak through me in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. My mission today is to encourage you through the uh, through the account of Jesus' birth is to really encourage you uh, through the Word of God and what the Word says and how it applies to us and how this we can learn from. Amen? And we've been talking about Christmas and uh, I'm probably going to take a more cheesier approach today. Um, because I'm not the avid Bible scholar like our other preachers. Amen? So instead of researching a deep revelation, I wanted to pick apart a Christmas song that we sing so often, a very popular one that we love. Um, but I do want to talk about something that, that this song, this is a very popular Christmas song that poses a question that I want to unpack in my message today, and that is this, Mary, did you know? Somebody say, Mary, Mary. did you know? Mary, did you know? I know some of you are already 
halfway through the second verse in your head already. <laughs> but I want to unpack this, this thought for a little bit and give you some encouragement out of this and some application. Amen? So we got we to gotta talk about what did Mary know? Because Mary, in a nutshell, did and didn't know what was going on. Amen? She understood, she did, and she didn't. This is why she was troubled. Because she did and she didn't know. So we got to talk about what she did and didn't know. Amen? So let's unpack this. What did Mary know? The first thing is this. Mary knew that somebody was going to bear a baby, but she didn't know, she didn't know, and what she probably had never considered is that it would be her. Amen? Bible scholars all agree and talk a lot about this, but during that time, just about all the Jewish girls dreamed of being the mother of the Messiah. They knew Jesus was coming. They knew he was, the Messiah was coming. They knew he was going to be born. And a lot of them dreamed of being God's mama. Amen? He was the promised Savior that was coming. He was the Redeemer that was going to come to save their people. He was the Messiah. So they all dreamed of mothering the Messiah. Amen? And Mary, who just like all these other girls, knew about it, dreamed about it, but hadn't considered that it might actually be her. So what did Mary know? Mary knew that a baby was going to be born, and she knew that somebody was going to be the mother but she never considered it being her. Amen? Let this be some encouragement to you that sometimes God uses you and picks you and you don't think you deserve it. And guess what? He still chooses you. Amen? So she knew that. So, so Mary knew that a baby was going to be born, but she never considered it may be her. Here's another thing that Mary knew. Mary had an idea. You throw this up. She had an idea of who her baby would be. An idea. Somebody say an idea. Here's what she knew. She knew that the baby would be great. How did she know? The angel said it. Come on, somebody. She knew that he would be called the son of the Most High. How did she know? The angel said it. She knew that he would gain David's throne and his kingdom would never end. This was common knowledge for these people. She knew. She knew these things. She knew as the angel assured her 
that, and, and, and as she was told, she knew that what she was hearing would not fail because he said, following up everything, is no word from God will ever fail. Somebody say, no word. She had an assurance as she was asked by her cousin Elizabeth, why am I so favored? This is what Elizabeth said to her. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to see me? She had affirmation. She had assurance. She knew that her baby would be great. She had some sense of knowing how impactful his life was going to be because of all the stuff that was happening around her to confirm what was happening on the inside. Amen? She had further assurance even after giving birth to Jesus uh, that, that he would be great. How? Because the, 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 the shepherd showed up out the blue. Can you be... Listen, first of all, in, the, in this time, in this century... If some random dude show up to <laughs> delivery room, <laughs> the delivery room, y'all know what's gonna happen, right? We got a story. We dreamed about your baby. You finna get shot. <laughs> Did you dream about this gun to your head? No, I'm sorry. sorry. I shouldn't be talking like that. But these, these, uh, these shepherds showed up. They started sharing amazing stories about the angel that had shared good news with them. They assured her again and again. She was assured again and again that she was giving birth to a very, very significant child, a very great savior, a great, great man. She was further assured uh, after she and Joseph followed the Jewish rituals and, and took Jesus to the temple on the eighth day and this guy named Simeon came out who, who was told by God, this is what Simeon was told by God, he was told by God that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah. And when Simeon saw the baby Jesus, he grabbed him and took him in his arm and he said these words, I can die in peace now that I have seen the Lord's salvation, a light for the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. Come on, somebody. Listen, Mary was, uh, was affirmed and confirmed over and over that what she was carrying was great. What she had given birth to was great. What, what was in her life, what she was now taking care of, what, what, what she was troubled about initially was now the thing that, that, listen, she was assured over and over, this is the Lord. She was further assured by a prophet named Anna who came up and spoke about Jesus as the redemption of Israel. And furthermore, she was assured years after giving birth to him by the wise men that showed up to meet the Messiah. They traveled to meet the Messiah. And when they showed up, they bowed and worshiped a young boy. If that ain't affirmation, I don't know what it is. So what did Mary know? Mary knew. She got affirmation and confirmation over and over and over and over that what she had given birth to was great. 
Now, what did Mary not know? While she might have had an inkling of Jesus' origins, but Mary probably did not know that Jesus was in fact God incarnate. What do you mean? See, see, listen, this wasn't the traditional understanding for Jews. This wasn't the traditional understanding of the Messiah at that time. So in the song that we're unpacking today, they say, uh, uh, you know, sh- did you know that your son walked with angels trolled and, and, and trialed and, and, and do you know when you kissed your little baby, you were kissing the face of God? Mary probably didn't know that. Because that wasn't a really popular belief for her. Amen? Amen? She didn't realize the magnitude of what she was actually doing. It seemed ordained. I mean, uh, ordinary. It seemed like, you know, everyday things. I'll unpack that a little bit later, because sometimes ordinary is extraordinary in the spiritual. Mm -hmm. It seems mundane on the surface. Come on, somebody. Parenting your kids seems mundane on the surface. Oh, y'all don't want to preach with me today. (laughs) Loving that child when they get on your nerves. Bless the Lord. Seems mundane on the surface. But when they get older and they realize how much they were loved. Come on, somebody. Whooping your child seems mundane on the surface. Here's another thing Mary probably didn't know. Mary probably did not know the miracles Jesus was to perform, was to perform. See, listen, while God had used the prophets of the old to perform some miracles, they were never in in comparison uh, to Jesus' miracles. They were never, even, they couldn't even compare. And see, uh, Mary would later discover that, uh, as the song says, Jesus would walk on water. He would calm the storm with his hands. Uh, that she would learn that he would heal the blind. Come on, somebody. He would, uh, he would heal the deaf. He would uh, raise the dead. He would make the lame leap again. And he would make the dumb speak again. Oh, she's sitting there holding little baby Jesus. She probably didn't realize that he was going to be raising people from the dead. Come on, somebody. I was like to imagine Jesus being two years old, practicing walking on water. <laughs> they come in, he's like, Mary, boy, get off that water. <laughs> Mom, let me be great. (laughs) 
Mary also probably expected Jesus to be a political figure who would free the Jews from Roman rule. I don't even know if I put that in there. I don't think I did. See, this is how she, she likely perceived and understood the promise of Jesus as the deliverer, a redeemer and messiah. She probably understood him to become like a political figure. But she would come later to learn he didn't come for politics. Amen? He came to redeem the world. Make us all do them. Somebody say all. So how does, how does this encourage us? Because I did say I wanted to encourage you, right? I do think I would say that. Man. How does this encourage us? I think we can glean a few things from this that will encourage us today. First thing is this. As we're believing for change to come to our world, consider that God has picked you to be part of his plan for reaching the world. Amen? Amen. Consider that God has picked you to be part of his plan for reaching the world. I'm going to say that one more time. Consider that God has picked you. Somebody say you. Picked you to be part of his plan for reaching the world. Consider just like Mary that God has favored you as well. Somebody say I'm favored. Consider that just like Mary that God has also chosen to find, uh, 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 he finds delight in you and has chosen, somebody say chosen, chosen, to give you a gift. I'm not talking about anybody else. Your gift don't come from nobody else. It came from the Lord. Amen? Amen. Consider that you are favored just like Mary. Consider that God has a plan for your life just like he had a plan for Mary's life, just like he had a plan for Joseph's life, just like he had a plan of salvation. Consider just for a moment that you are part of God's plan. I want to encourage you, and I want to remind you that when God was writing out the plans of salvation, I believe he stopped by Taylor, South Carolina, and said there's going to be a church there named Prevail Church, and they're going to reach the folk that don't want to go to church. Somebody told me, my wife said this this week. She said, man, you know, the, the crazy part for us is the people that we're trying to reach don't even want to go to church. I was like, yeah, that's, that's messed up. <laughs> this made my job hard. <laughs> I ain't trying to go to church. But come on. I hate church. We're not a church. But church is in your name. Well, anybody use the Rick James gift? So we're going to start doing, I'm just going to send them to text people that come to prevail. <laughs> Consider, though, that God has picked you to be part of his plan for salvation. Listen, if there's going to be a move of God in Taylor, South Carolina, Greer, South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, Simpsonville, Greer, all of that, 
I want God to have prevail be a part of it. I don't want our church to sit on the sideline. Come on, somebody. And watch people die and leave this earth not knowing the love of God for their life. I don't want to see people leave this earth not realizing and being confident in knowing that they are unconditionally, fully loved and accepted by the Lord. Amen? Well, Fred, you're not worried about them going to hell? Listen, I ain't worried about all that. I'm trying to tell them what God wants for them. Amen. Well, you don't preach about hell enough. I don't know. I want to encourage you too this morning to just remember, just as it was with Mary, Mary, that no word from God will fail. Hear me, hear me. If God said it, He will do it. I feel like I need to say that one more time. Because see, some of us, we have, we, we've now been holding on and praying long, long, long time. And we ain't seen nothing change. But let me tell you something. If God said it, he will do it. How do you know, Fred? I know because the children of Israel traveled and were delivered from Pharaoh and all these different things. And then there was 400 years of silence and God then showed up and honored his word. Some people died waiting on the word. A lot of people died waiting on the word. But God's word never failed. Y'all, listen, listen, hear me. Just because, oh, I'm about to say something. If it don't happen in your lifetime, it don't mean that God can't still do it. See, God's not bound by our constraints of time. He functions on his own time. He is time. He's the very excess of time. So when he shows up, time moves. It's him. He doesn't go, oh, it's time to go. When he shows up, the timing is right every time. Oh. But it wasn't right for me. When he shows up, the timing is right every time. Somebody say every time. What you got to learn how to do is trust his timing. If he said it, he will do it. If he gave you a promise, it will come to fruition. Amen. We got to resist the urge to throw in the towel before we see the miracle. Yeah. 
I'm talking to y'all from experience. I done did it before. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, I ain't perfect. This is what, the fourth iteration of this church? Come on. Lord done done a work. Yes, Lord. Because there were times where I'd be like, mm, I don't know if I heard from God. He's like, yes, you did. I don't know, God. I don't know, that was you. That was that, that Zaxby's A. I don't know my spirit. Remember, no word from God will fail. Amen? Next thing is just sometimes God moments in your life will feel ordinary. Can I say it one more time? Sometimes God moment in your life, God moments in your life will feel ordinary. But remember this. Somebody say this. Remember, God uses ordinary moments and people to accomplish Extraordinary miracles. Come on, somebody. I promise you, I promise you, God ain't looking for the Avengers to get his work done. I love them to death, but that ain't how it works in the church. Amen. Are you hearing me? You don't need Captain Steve Rogers. He don't need T'Challa. <laughs> she looked at me like, what? <laughs> All he needs is you. Little old me, yes, you little old you. You mean to tell me God wants to do something great in my life? Yes, he uses ordinary people to accomplish ordinary, extraordinary things. Amen. One of our, our things here that we say is we have ordinary people with extraordinary faith. If I can encourage you to live with your ordinary self, with extraordinary faith, to believe that God can and that God will, I promise you, I promise you we'll see the world change like never before. But we got to learn how to believe when we don't feel like believing. Sometimes God moments feel ordinary. Amen? Amen? Sometimes God moments ain't accompanied with you on the face bawling and weeping and crying. Sometimes God moments are in the store where God says, go pay for that lady's groceries. Sometimes God moments are, 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 are a little nudge. You're driving down the road and you think about somebody, you know you need to call them, but you don't. It feels ordinary. Sometimes God shows up in the midst of your business to tell you to stop and to focus and call on somebody, call somebody else, but you don't. Ordinary. Sometimes God moments feel ordinary. Mary, can you imagine two years of taking care of this child. That you perceive to be a political figure that was going to change everything for your people. 
Can you imagine as the mother of Jesus changing poop and pee? This is the Messiah? I would at least thought, God, you would have anointed him to not do that. <laughs> she had miracle after miracle after miracle happening in the mundane. Could God have come to earth as a full-grown man? Yes. But he chose not to. Miracle after miracle in ordinary, ordinary stuff. Sometimes it feels ordinary. Amen? Next thing is just remember you have an amazing Savior who will do whatever it takes to reach you. He will do whatever it takes to reach you. The song tells us a few things that Jesus did. And I love it because it, it really kind of gives, gives us a full picture of some of the situations we find ourselves in. Whatever it takes, if you're drowning, Jesus will walk on water. Catch that now. If you feel like you're in over your head, he'll walk on water and he'll lift you out of it. If you feel tormented by the storms of life, the Bible is very clear that Jesus can calm the storm with his hand. Somebody say, whatever it takes. If you feel blinded and you can't see your way forward, you have no clarity and you don't know what's going on, the Bible says very clearly that God gives blind. I mean, he gives sight to the blind. He will restore your vision. He will heal your vision. He will give you the ability to see again when it seems unclear and like there's no way forward. God will give you restoration in your vision. You know what else he'll do? Well, I don't know what to do. I can't hear a thing. I don't know where to go. God will give you restoration in your hearing. He will restore hearing. Come on, somebody. I feel so lonely. I feel so out of place. I need direction. God will give you the ability to hear again. He will do whatever it takes. I don't care where you are in life. If God's not done, it's not over. No matter what you're going through. Listen, the Bible, the Bible speaks it like this. You can die today and God can raise you up. Somebody say, if he ain't done, it ain't over. Ooh, I love it. See, if you walk through with this kind of confidence that I can drop dead right now. But if God ain't finished with me, I'll get right back up. Come on, somebody. Y'all be, be shocked. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, let's, let's hope our arm won't do that, okay? We don't need that demonstration, Jesus. He can, he, can, he can raise you from the dead. He can restore your ability to walk. Amen? Some of us, have, for a long time, haven't been able to function correctly and walk and, and move and do the things that God has called us to do. We've been stricken down and, and, and just, 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 just defeated and down. But I'm here to announce to you and encourage you that God is a, a, a healer. He will restore you. Not only that, he'll give you a voice again. Some of you don't feel heard. And it's been like that for a long time. I've been praying, and I've been praying, and I speak up about issues, and I say this, and I say that, but it feels like nobody hear me. And I'm telling you, God will give you a voice. He'll make you a mouthpiece for the, vo for the voiceless. He'll use you to change the world. There is absolutely nothing too hard for Jesus. Do you understand that? He didn't come to just, oh, oh my word. He, I'm not even going to say that right now. There's nothing too hard for Jesus. I want to encourage you with this last thing, and it's this. Jesus is for everybody. Say that with me loud. Jesus is for everybody. Jesus didn't come for one side. He came for both sides. He came for the strong and the weak. He came for the accepted and the rejected. He came for the rich and the poor. He came for those that you agree with and those that you disagree with. He came for the liberal and the conservative. He came for the Democrat and the Republican. I know we have a hard time believing that in the American church for some reason. He came for the believer and the unbeliever. Amen? Strap in, I'm about to say something that's going to rock you. He came for the gay and the straight. Oh, Jesus is for everybody. We don't have a corner on who he belongs to. He's for everybody. I can't tell him, you can't reach that person. He's for everybody. He goes beyond our confines and our mindsets and what we think is acceptable to him. And he says to this person, I love you no matter what you're going through, what you're dealing with, what your life looks like, what you've done. He's for everybody. Why am I encouraging with this? Because I want you to be free to share the gospel with whoever. We don't need to be afraid of the work of the cross. Listen, he did the cross for everybody. So when you stand around going, well, should I tell them about Jesus? Yes, you should. 
I don't know if they're going to really accept it, you know, because I know their lifestyle. Just tell them about Jesus. Well, I know that, they, you know, they, they, they're agnostic. They don't really believe. Tell them about Jesus, because guess what? He's for them, too. Everybody, somebody say everybody. See, this is the difference between Jesus and other people. This is the difference between Jesus and other gods. Are you ready for this? You don't have to believe to belong. Well, you know, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, yeah, yeah, I know that's what the scripture says. He says you'll be saved, right? But that don't mean he doesn't love you. And some of us, we have put Jesus in so many boxes, so many confines. We put Jesus in the box of hate. We put Jesus in the box of religion. We put him in the box He can't be confined by our boxes. He's for everybody. Somebody say everybody. His birth was for everybody, and his death was for everybody. I always think about the scripture. Whenever I'm talking to somebody and they say, man, I don't know if God can do anything in my life. I always think about the psalm when David said, if I make my bed in hell, if I go make my bed in hell, you're there. If you put it in context, you understand what he was actually saying, the place he was talking about. So we think about hell, we think about red fire and the horny devil and all this stuff. Now this was an actual place. He was referring to a real place that existed that people would have known about. 80s. Place. Well, he literally could go and make his bed. And all sorts of stuff was happening there. All sorts of manner, all sorts of craziness was going on. And David said, even if I go there, you're there. <laughs> Where can I go when your presence isn't there? The worst place on earth, you're still there. I encourage you this morning you are never alone you are never unseen you are never unheard you are never too far away that you can't be reached you aren't by yourself He's there. I say he's there.
imagine being shepherds in the field. Angel shows and says, behold, hey, 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 chill out. Listen, I got an announcement. Born to you this day, a child is born. The Messiah you've been dreaming about is here. The prayers you've been hoping and, 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 and the things you've been hoping for and all the things you've dreamed of, the Messiah is here. Lay down everything you got going on because you need to go see your Messiah. He's here. Somebody say he's here. I end with this. Jesus Christ is not a myth. And somebody might want to come and argue that with me, and we can unpack that over wings. Okay? I'm not going to do it from the stage. He's not a myth. There are plenty of people that want to argue it's a copycat religion, and it's, you know, it's not real, and this and that. He's a made-up figure. Oh, he was real, but he wasn't really that powerful. I always say this to people though. We don't talk about unicorns. I don't debate about unicorns at all. Somebody came in and said, Fred, unicorns are real. I don't waste my time debating. Sorry for all the kids that believe unicorns are real. I don't debate it. You know why? Because you're supposed to I don't need to spend my energy disproving something that we know is not real. But the most talked about historical figure in the history of mankind is Jesus Christ. One of the most disagreed upon figures, one of the most rooted for, one of the most hated, all of it. And I've talked to a lot of people, and they have their opinions. And I go, if you didn't believe, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I know it sounds harsh to just kind of do that to people, but if you didn't believe, you wouldn't spend so much time trying to get me to disbelieve. So you're wrestling with it, which is a sign that inside of you, you know this to be true. Slight, a slight level, but you do. What am I trying to say? Jesus Christ is not a myth. I, went, I didn't mean to go down that whole road right there, but he's not a myth, amen? And, and just like Jesus Christ is not a myth, the plan of God for your life and my life is not a myth. God ain't sitting in heaven trying to work up and figure out how to help you go through your next trial. He has a plan. Amen? When the pandemic hit, God wasn't like, oh my God, what am I, oh myself, what am I gonna do? (laughs) He had a plan. Amen? That's just not how he, he doesn't roll like that. You can't catch God off by surprise.
He's not surprised by anything. Amen? And as I alluded to earlier, he's on time every time because he is time. Now, take these words and apply them to the situations you've gone through in the last two years. Can you trust? See, this is faith. We don't like to talk about this kind of faith. We like to have faith for houses, cars, and money, and all that stuff. But what about the faith to still believe when you lose loved ones? Still believe when you get a bad report from the doctor. Still believe when your prayers are not being answered right away. You know what I want for you more than anything? I want a mature faith in the Lord. Not some weak, shallow faith that only bleeds for toys and gifts and things. I want you to have the faith that keeps you grounded when you're going through a trial. When you lose loved ones and you lose friends and family and you lose the, these things, I want you to have the kind of faith that says, I'm going to stand in this word. I still believe you, God. I still trust you. No, I don't like the report. And yes, I want to see a healing happen. But God, I trust your will. You do what you do best. Have your way. That's what I want for every person in this church. That's what I want. I don't care how big the church gets. I don't care how small it stays. I don't care about any of that. If you have a faith grounded in the word of God, in the presence of the Lord, in your Savior, no matter what you're going through. Man, can you imagine if thousands of people live in Greenville that believe God could no matter what? I'm sorry, I need to stop. This is the problem when not preaching for three weeks. All these things start happening, all right? You come to my head. I know around this time it gets tough. I know it gets tough. Around close to the end of the year, you start thinking about all the stuff you went through through the year, then you try and you know, you're trying to have hope for the coming year and all these things, and it can get real heavy very quickly. Amen? But hear me. God is for you. He's for you. He's with you. Amen? Can we stand real quick? shallow faith to only believe that God wants to give you a new car and not a new life. 
really shallow to believe that God wants to give you a bigger house and not more joy. Come on, somebody. God ain't just trying to fix your external circumstances. If the internal is aligned, you can go through a trial and still come out of good. On the other side, knowing who you are in Christ. That's the faith I want. That's the joy I want. I want the peace that surpasses all understanding. The joy that is the strength. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for what you're saying to your people. God, if there's anybody in this room or anybody watching online that needs to know you on a more intimate level, I pray, God, that you would allow them to have an encounter with you. God, an encounter that stretches their faith, challenges their faith, and changes their faith. Thank you for the work of the cross. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. Thank you, God, that we can learn from Mary through these principles that you are God. God, thank you that you assured her, and by her assurance, we can read today and be assured over and over that you are who you say you are and that your word will never fail. And I pray for everybody in this room, God, whatever situations may be facing, whatever's going on in life, I pray that you would be with them. Thank you for what you're going to do in their hearts. And God, listen, I know everybody ain't going through something right now. So God, we thank you and we rejoice with those who are living the best days of their life. And we thank you, God, and we pray that you would continue to allow them to live the best days of their life, God. And we pray for protection around them and their family, everybody, God, all of us, protection, a hedge of protection. And I thank you for what you're just doing. Let us remember you are for us. You are with us. We love you and we honor you. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.